1: You see, if Satan can get you to believe a lie, then he can begin to manipulate and seduce you into rebellion and sin. And this is why he attacks the mind, and why it's so important for us to protect our minds from the attacks of the evil one.
0: And without question, it has never been more difficult to protect our minds with all of the media that is bombarding us with some messages that aren't all that positive, oftentimes. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. A quick look each day, a time of devotional at the Word of God and what it has to say in this particular instance about how we live. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you for joining us today as uh, Pastor Leighton begins a new series...
1: I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It's going to take us a little while to get there because uh, we're doing a kind of a long introduction to begin this new sermon series, The Art of Living. And uh, I'm looking forward to it very, very much. It is a, a logical follow-on to the, the doctrine series that uh, we have been going through as a congregation. The Doctrine Series talked about the Christian truth that has been passed from generation to generation since the time of the Apostles, and uh, that uh, Doctrine Series was based on the Apostles' Creed, uh, versions of which date clear from the second century. And so, um, the Apostles' Creed predates the East-West Schism, it predates the Reformation. It's an outline of what the Apostles taught, and so we thought that that was a, an appropriate place for us to know what those first Christians, those Early Christians were taught so that we could learn the same thing from God's holy word. The Apostles' Creed reads, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. The third day He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, from whence He shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the flesh, and life everlasting. Amen. Why do we believe this? Because this is what God's Word teaches. We also took a few weeks to look at some of the secondary doctrines. A few of the secondary doctrines where. Um, Christians vary in the secondary doctrines. It's true today. It's been true throughout church history. And uh, I, there's some more that I'd like to get to it at some point in the future. But the point of us studying the doctrine is to know what we believe and why we believe what we believe. And the logical next step is, is then how then should that affect the way we live and the art of living? And so uh, we want to learn how to apply these truths uh, to life. After the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, when the uh, Holy Spirit was poured out, the church was inaugurated, 3,000 people came to faith. The scriptures say in Acts 2.42, the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the reading uh, reading the scriptures, and to fellowship, that is, being connected and not just attached to the body of Christ, uh, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. And to prayer. And these believers devoted the, themselves to these four things. They set aside other distractions, other activities, in order for them to focus on the Apostles' teaching, which for us is encapsulated in the New Testament. Fellowship, being together, enjoying life together in, in the Christian community, sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper. In our time and age, we tend to compartmentalize the Lord's Supper from regular meals. Back then, they didn't. The Lord's Supper was part of their, their meals together and then uh, to prayer. And these four things were central and essential to the art of living for those first century believers. They they describe a Christian community doing life together. And these four elements were important to them, and they're just as important to us today. If we're going to be effective as the church today, we need to be devoted to these same four essentials as those first believers. Why? Because we are engaged in a spiritual war. We are engaged in a spiritual war that manifests itself in this physical realm. There is a conflict taking place between light and darkness, between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. God created the heavens and the earth, and He created man in order to uh, rule over that domain under Him. But Man was seduced into rebellion against God, and as a result, uh, the kingdoms of this world are under a false leader, Satan. You remember the temptation when Satan told Jesus, if you'll but worship me, I'll give you the kingdoms of this world. Jesus didn't say, you don't have the kingdoms of this world. What he said is, is you, shall, you shall worship the Lord God only and serve Him only. And so the kingdoms of this world are are under his control, this false leader. But what has taken place is that God is invading his creation. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so we're in the midst of this spiritual war. And Satan has a strategy to destroy us believers and destroy our testimony. You know, there are four persons in the Scripture that had confrontations with Satan, and from the recording of their experience in Scripture, we can learn the targets that Satan aims at, the weapons that he uses to attack us, the purposes that he wants to achieve, and the defenses that God has provided for us. And these, among many subjects, we want to look at today and in the weeks to come. I want to make sure that you understand, first and foremost, that Satan, he wants to. His, his target is your mind. His target is your mind. When Satan led the first man and woman into sin, he started by attacking the woman's mind. Paul made it clear in 2 Corinthians 11.3, but I am afraid lest as the serpent deceived eve by his craftiness deceived eve by his craftiness your minds should be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to christ now why would satan want to attack the mind well it's because it's in the mind where god communicates to us and reveals his will for us Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, by changing your mind, and then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So God wants to change our mind from the way it's been seduced, and how does God do that? Well, he does it through the truth, and his word is truth. John 17, 17, Jesus is praying for his followers that they might be sanctified, and he says in verse 17, make them holy by your truth, teach them your word which is truth. And so it's by God's word that we are made holy. You see, if Satan can get you to believe a lie, then he can begin to manipulate and seduce you into rebellion and sin. And this is why he attacks the mind and why it's so important for us to protect our minds from the attacks of the evil one. Listen to how the Amplified Version translates Second Corinthians ten three through 5. For though we walk, live, in the flesh, we're not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical, weapons of flesh and blood but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One. See, much of the spiritual battle takes place in our mind where arguments and theories and reasonings occur now we may not be able to stop everything that comes into our minds we can't when we're watching television there are images that come into our mind when we're on the road and we look up at a billboard there are images that come into our mind we may not be able to stop everything that comes into our mind but we can choose what stays in our mind what we choose to think about and ponder and consider Philippians 4, eight says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Fix your thought. Think about things. Choose what you're going to think about. And these are the things that you should be thinking about. It is important that we take every thought captive because our thinking produces our words and our deeds. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as a man thinks within himself, so he is. And so what it's saying is we become what we think. Our thinking affects who we become. And that's why it's so important that we choose what we think about. God wants us to become more Christ-like, more like God, and Satan wants to become more like Him. You know, some people have mistakenly thought that becoming a Christian would make everything easier. And in some areas it does, in other areas it does not. Because as we become a Christian, spiritual warfare escalates. And those dark forces that have kept us in the dark try to distract and dissuade us from seeing the light and making that decision. And it'll do, if we're on our way to church, things will happen to keep us from getting to church that day. The Christian is always dealing with three sources of struggle, and that is Satan, this world, and the flesh. Satan, this world, and the flesh and the flesh, the spiritual realm, the environment around us, the environment within us. Every believer struggles against the sin that resides in their members. And even though he was perhaps one of the greatest pastors, preachers, missions, missionaries, theologians in the history of Christianity, the apostle Paul in his old age confessed in Romans seven eighteen, for I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out.
0: And sadly, in truth, every human being placed on this earth could make the same statement. We need the Word of God to direct us on the right path. And Pastor Layton is going to continue to talk about that as we move through this new series about the art of living from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. They're on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. All the details about the ministries going on at the church are available there on that website. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for being with us. Join us tomorrow when Pastor Layton opens the Word of God once again and we study verse by verse.